Hi, I'm Lottie Morley and this is LadyPod, the podcast celebrating wonderful women. My guests will be sharing their inspiring stories about how they got to where they are and a few funny tales along the way. This series, we're focusing on the pandemic. We'll be hearing from women on the front line and those who can help make our time in lockdown a bit more bearable. Today, my guest is a skin specialist to the stars, the manager of the illustrious Esho Clinic, a place that specialises in non-surgical cosmetic treatments. Anise Ling is used to rubbing shoulders with celebs at work, but isn't a stranger to the limelight herself. She's been a contestant on Take Me Out and competed in the Miss England pageants. Her industry has been badly affected, along with many others because of the pandemic, and it's unclear when it will return to normality. And she's here to tell us about it. Hello, Anise. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, Lottie. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. So let's start off. Um, I know I've just given you a little intro, but you tell us what you do, because it's probably better coming from you. Yeah, of course. So um, I have quite a varied job role. Um, so I've been working with Dr. Esho now for about six years. Um, and I started off just by assisting him in clinic. Um, and then I've slowly progressed as the brand has got bigger and we've expanded as a brand. I now manage uh, the clinics that we have in Newcastle, uh, one in Harley Street, one in Wimbledon, and we have a satellite clinic in Dubai. So I'm clinic manager, but I also am a skin specialist. So I'm the lead aesthetician at the Wimbledon Clinic. So I specialize in all things skin, uh, which is um, a huge topic, absolutely huge, and an absolute passion of mine. Um, And I am still assistant to Dr. Esho as well. So quite a varied role. Anise, you will know, I've had a bit of a skin journey. I I used to have completely perfect skin. And then I got to about 20, maybe 24. And I don't know what happened. I still don't know what happened, but my skin went wild. And it was, I mean, I would, I would say I had acne. And I was constantly asking you for tips and tricks, wasn't I? Yeah. And, and acne is, it's, it's, it affects 80% of the population, which is huge. When you think about it, that wow. will affect you 80% of the population at some point in their life. And a lot of people think, oh, you know, acne, that that's for teenagers, you know, you're only going to have that while you're a teenager. But actually, um, a lot of adults experience it as well. Um, you know, even if they've had perfect skin during um, their teenage years, as they then progress into, you know, their 20s and 30s, it can be delayed and you can experience acne later on in life. It's so hard to deal with. I mean, I was an acne sufferer in my teens, so I can totally relate. And it's, it's, it makes you feel so self-conscious and it can be painful and you can try all these products that are on the um, TV and on the internet, oh, they cure acne, that but it's so patient dependent and it varies depending on there's lots of different triggers that can cause acne and it's just whittling them down and finding what is your trigger and what has triggered you to have this acne. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to be, I've learned, learned the hard way as well, going to the GP and being patient. Yeah. And at one th- I am terribly impatient in, in all aspects Are of life. You? And, and, <laughs> really? And, and one of the things that I found really difficult was the GP would prescribe me something and she'd say, right, and she'd say what you say, you look, it, it does work for a lot of people, but it might not work for you. What you have to do is try it for, what did she say? Was it eight weeks, 12 weeks? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm, I want two week results. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is, <laughs> I want to put this on at night and then wake up with, with perfect skin. hundred <laughs> percent. And this is what my patients come to me and say, you know, and I'll, I'll put them on a course of treatment or I'll put them on a course of um, products 
and two weeks in, well, I haven't noticed any difference. Okay, so you're telling me <laughs> after two weeks of being in the gym, you're going to be able to run a marathon? No, mm. of course you're not. It's exactly the same. And patience is key with skin. Any skin condition, patience is key. And your skin cell cycle is about 128 days. So if you're looking at that, you're looking at like three months plus. I always say to my patients, three to four months plus before you're going to notice any real difference. It's like anything. You have to be patient. You have to persevere. Um, and that is hard. That is hard because people do want instant results straight away. So you work with Dr. Esho. So as far, obviously I don't work in your industry, but I know Dr. Esho is kind of top of his game. He's like the TV doctor. He's the one that people go to when they've had their, you know, lip fillers go wrong. And he, he's kind of a, a bit of a um, an icon in the industry. So how did you get into working with him? Like from the start, how did you get there? I'll start by saying that he is so talented and I'm so blessed and so lucky to even know someone like that let alone work alongside someone and also call him a great friend as well we have a fantastic friendship so Dr Esher and I met when I was managing a clinic in Knightsbridge and um, this was a semi-permanent makeup clinic and I was there working and he was in Newcastle um, he was Newcastle based full time so he was only coming down to London once every two weeks so when he came down to London he'd do one clinic on the Saturday in the clinic where I was managing and the Sunday clinic he'd do at Harley Street we just hit it off we ended up going on nights out we were having dinners you know we all we got on really really well and we developed a fantastic relationship and after I left that role I then started working for him every time he was in London so, you know, it started off just being every other weekend and then the rest is history, really. We've worked together ever since and I can't imagine doing anything else or working for anyone else. It's mad to think that, you know, six years ago, we just had, he just had that Newcastle clinic and he was only in London every other weekend. And now we've got all these clinics um, and he's got product lines coming out and uh, we've got a new show, which we were supposed to start filming at the start of this year, but obviously it's been put on hold. So, um, yeah, it's just growing and it's just fantastic. It's great. What's the show about? The show is, um, well, this is, he's done quite a few shows. So he did a show a couple of years ago on E4, Body Fixers. So that was, he was part of a team. But this show that we will start filming this year is a fly on the wall documentary type show which will be based entirely in our Wimbledon clinic and it will be filming every day how we go about things in clinic filming patients treating things which are hard to treat as well so good viewing as well um, and helping people along the way with their journeys as you said obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic yes. which is bizarre um how has your industry been affected you're still working aren't you yeah so I'm working from home at the moment um mainly just to keep in contact with patients and um making sure that everyone's okay and um yeah that's 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 quite it's quite busy actually it's quite busy a lot of a lot of people want want to get in for their treatments which um it sounds mad but during this time you're sat at home, you're scrutinising your face, you're thinking, I don't know when I'm next going to be able to get in. Also, people are experiencing bad skin during this time. Yeah, so we've had, we have been busy. And obviously, we have had to rearrange all of our clinics 
to be closed until we're hoping July. So, but again, that's not a definite date. Um, it's quite frustrating for us and for our patients as well that we can't be open because we would love to be, but our patient safety and the safety of our staff comes first. So that is why we've taken the decision to remain closed during this time. We're a medical clinic, so there is no reason why we couldn't be open. But being leaders in the aesthetic industry, we feel it wouldn't be right for us to be open and encourage people to come out of their homes and getting on public transport and coming to see us for things that are not a necessity you know some people think they are believe me but they are not it's not a necessity coming to have your facial or coming to have your botox or coming to have your filler i mentioned it in my intro you are the the celebrity facialist i know you're gonna cringe at that <laughs> i do i really do cringe at that at that term um i, I love cringe it. At it for a number of reasons mainly because a facialist i feel has a stigmatism around it you a lot of people in the beauty industry if you're a beauty therapist or facialist or masseuse a lot of people think you're quite like an airhead and there's actually not much to it or you know you just slap a mask on someone's face or you know you're squeezing their spots for a bit and it's actually not that at all um so yeah there's a few reasons why I don't like the term but that's the main one because I don't like really like the term facialist I'm more skin specialist or aesthetician I feel has a lot more depth to it that makes sense yeah definitely so I know that you rub shoulders with a lot of um, celebrities and reality TV stars in particular. Um, who is the who's the most famous person that you've done? Uh, you've worked on their skin. Some of my regular monthly skin skin patients that I see, uh, Jesse Nelson, um, Jade Thurwell from they're both from Lithwix. So um, they come and see me very regularly for skin treatments. Um, I've treated Nicola Adams, the boxer. Oh, wow. I have treated Yasmin Evans Radio 1 Extra presenter um a few Made in Chelsea stars a few The Only Way is Essex stars um Love Island of course they are very very passionate about what they look like and how they take care of themselves so um yeah there's quite a few different types of celebrities that I treat yeah and what's that like working with them I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I I do. Um, it's it's obviously it's different. It's different. Um, but as you get to know them, they just become normal patients, if not friends, you know. And they they are a lot more self conscious than the average person about how they look. Obviously, because they're filming, they're on TV, they're being caught from every angle, and they are they are hard on themselves and obviously with social media they're constantly being trolled and you know nasty comments are being made about them in the media and it's it's heartbreaking actually so they are a lot more self-conscious um but that's what I love about my job I'm there to reassure them and try and help them with their concerns and to try and make them feel less self-conscious and more confident in themselves and that's probably the best part of the job to be honest yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned there, obviously, Jesse Nelson, who has just done a, a massive a BBC documentary uh, about being trolled, which I'm assuming you've seen. And I was actually going to ask you about trolling. And you obviously get a lot of reality TV stars. And like you say, a lot more uh, aware of what they look like. How do you feel that social media plays a part in that? Oh, huge, huge part, huge part. When I think back at when I was, you know, at school or um, you know, I was younger. And if you were getting picked on or, um, you know, you were having a hard time or being bullied, shall we say, 
as soon as you leave school that's it it's done you don't have to you don't have to be confronted with that bully or that those group of people until the next day or Monday you know you've got time away but unfortunately with social media there is no time away from that it's it's 24 hours a day it's seven days a week and unfortunately there's some people out there who have nothing better to do with their lives than to scrutinize people on how they look on how they behave um, and everyone is guilty of it I'm sure thinking certain things or maybe even saying to a friend certain things but it's another level when you're actually actually actively going out to target someone via social media and it's it's very sad it's very very sad um and I do see how it affects a lot of my patients even patients who aren't celebrities it's awful and so what steps do you take to ensure that people who are coming into your clinic are suitable for the procedures so in terms of mental health is there like an assessment beforehand so obviously we do not treat anyone um, the same day as their consultation. So we see people for a consultation. We then allow them a 24 hours cooling off period before they can have any treatment. And that applies to all patients, um, international patients as well, because we have a lot of patients fly in from all over the world. It applies to them. There are no, no one's exempt from that. And that's because we like to comply by GMC guidelines and GMC guidelines state that you need to allow people a cooling off period before they then have any uh, non-surgical or surgical procedures. Um, There's a lot of people in the industry that don't comply by that. And it's very frustrating um, because also there's a lot of people in the industry that aren't very ethical. And before you know it, some people are leaving the clinic and they've spent three, three, four grand and they've not even had time to think about it. And before you, they've had all this work done and it's unnecessary. Um, so that's another reason. We just like to give them 24 hours cooling off period. But like I said, we see them for a consultation beforehand. And during this consultation, it's either with myself or with Dr. Resho, who obviously is a doctor. He's been a GP. He's worked in the NHS. Um, he has the abilities to screen these patients accordingly and to make sure they're suitable and to make sure that we can meet their expectations because that's another thing a lot of people come in with very high expectations they want to leave looking like Michelle Keegan and again it comes back to patients like we discussed earlier but also everyone's face is so different everyone's skin is so different it's a case of just doing a thorough consultation and seeing if they're suitable for those treatments and if not suggesting alternatives or advising for them to wait until they're a bit older you know we don't treat anyone under the age of 21 with injectables skin it's slightly different I will treat under 21 but not under 18 um so there's there's a lot of things that we put in place and we would not want to be treating anyone who wasn't suitable for the procedure and who maybe wouldn't benefit from it and for people who don't know anything about any of this, what sort of things do you do at your clinic? So we do non-surgical. So that can be anything from Botox to fillers to lasers to skin peels to skin resurfacing to microneedling, mesotherapy, IV drips. So, yeah, obviously fillers and Botox are very popular. Obviously, I am not a medic, so I do not inject. And this is a very grey area. Unfortunately, in our country, we are not regulated. So anyone can inject. 
you, Lossie, could pick up a needle right now and inject someone and not face any consequences. You wouldn't be breaking any laws. You wouldn't have to answer to anyone. So um, Dr. Esho has petitioned for a number of years, uh, going through Parliament at one point as well, to try and get the industry regulated. But it is still unregulated, unfortunately. That's absolutely crazy that it's not regulated. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely mental. It's, it's very worrying. And I think that's why we do so much correctional work, because anyone mm. can pick up a needle. And unfortunately, with filler, that there are complications which can be life-threatening. So it, without going into it in too much detail... If a filler blocks a main artery, you can have tissue necrosis or you can go blind. And if you are not treated immediately, you can lose part of your face. You could, your tissue will die. Your tissue will fall off. That will not regrow. Your, your eyesight may not come back. They are medical treatments. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there who are injecting them who are not medics, who have absolutely no idea. And it's exactly the same with skin treatments as well. I, I see stuff on the internet all the time, all these adverts, people saying, oh, you know, try this home peel, try this, you know, buy your own microneedling device. And I just think, who in their right mind is going to pick that up and do it at home themselves? It's very worrying. I mean, I've seen, even I have, I don't have any of that sort of thing, but, you know, I, I, I'm aware that people in hair salons, people in, you know, what literally you could go probably down the road and find somebody that would do fillers for you or whatever. Um, what would your message be to somebody who might be thinking they want to do that, but, you know, they're maybe thinking uh, maybe of saving money? That's pro- is that pro- Do you reckon that's probably the main reason? Yeah, I do think that probably plays a big part because obviously you're paying for someone's expertise. Sarah, down the road, who owns a salon, she will charge £100 for lip filler. Well, I'll tell you now, I definitely can't even buy product in for £100. So I've no idea what Sarah is injecting into your face. My message to people who are thinking about injectables and thinking about advanced skin treatments make sure you go to someone who is reputable. There's a brilliant website out there called Real Self um, and you can read other people's reviews and um, you can share experiences and stuff. I would say look into Real Self, look into um, doctors' backgrounds, ask for their GMC number. If If you want to have injectables, you should be going to a medic and in my opinion, I do think that should be a doctor. So I would just say do your research, go for a consultation and don't have treatment the same day. Make sure you go home, you think about it. Is this really what I want? And I know Dr. Esho, he does a lot of uh, corrective work, doesn't he? Uh, How often would you say that you have people coming in saying, I've, I've been to Sarah at the salon down the road and it hasn't turned out how I wanted or something more serious has happened. Do you, how often do you get that? Probably five, six cases a week. It's quite large. It's quite a large number because um, Dr. Esho specialises in corrective treatment. We have an emergency line as well, which I have had communication on before and that we, we've advised that patient to go straight to A&E because they can't get to us in time and it's just a matter of time that that filler needs to be dissolved straight away and they need to try and recover the tissue and repair the repair the damage it's scary it's very scary and like you said it's it's it is 
quite popular now, isn't it? Like lots of people, it's quite normal, quite normal inverted commas to uh, for people to have fillers and, and in their lips and things like that. I mean, I don't I don't know that much about it, but I've definitely seen lots of it, especially things like Love Island and you know, um, the only way is Essex. Like it's it's quite a mainstream. It's become a more mainstream thing. Do you think that people maybe are taking it a little bit too lightly getting these procedures? Yeah, I do think that people don't take it seriously because if you can go and get it done at your local hair salon or while you've having your legs waxed, you can be numbed to have some lip filler put in. It 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 then is classed as the same category of just going to get a beauty treatment, and it's not. It's a medical treatment. It's a lot more complex than that. Um, injectables and advanced skin treatments, both of them should not be taken lightly. How did we meet, Anise? We've known each other for how long? I would say probably five, six yeah, years. Five, six years. Yeah, definitely five, six years. I'm very, oh, surprised. I'm very surprised that you want to talk about this lot because every time people ask us, how do you two know each other? You cringe and run away. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, I try and be a positive person. That's kind of what I live by. Um, and good energy, good vibes. And I feel, <laughs> I feel like, why are you hiding from that? It's what we did. We were young. We were fun. <laughs> so we met when we were partaking in the regional rounds of Miss England. So we competed in Miss Hampshire together. I mean, for me, I I absolutely loved the whole experience. I really did. Both years that I did it, I absolutely loved it. I met friends for life uh, from from the experience. And it was fun. It's something to talk about. People are always like, wow, you know, I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. And I, I totally appreciate that. Of course, there were things that I enjoyed. And obviously, I met you. And, um, you know, I've made some other friends. And it wasn't all bad. But knowing me now, would you say that that is something that I would have done. No, no way. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely I just think it's so not. out of character. Yeah, it's it's a hundred percent it 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 it's not you. I would never I I think people will probably be shocked by it. Yeah. No, definitely. And I you know, as much as I kind of cringe there there are definitely lots of good things. And actually when I was talking to producer Kira before this conversation I sort of said, you know what, I'm conflicted about pageantry and about the Miss England competitions. Part of me thinks, you know, my feminist self is like, if that's what makes you feel good and you're raising money for charity and, you know, um, if that's what, if you enjoy it, then go go wild, go for it. And then there's part of me that thinks it's, um, the history of it is problematic. Obviously, you know, when you, I don't know about you, Anise, but when I think of Miss England or Miss USA or like pageantry in general, there are two things that come to mind. There, are, One of them is uh, toddlers and tiaras. And the other, the other is um, women, very slim, white women parading themselves in bikinis and being judged on what they look like. And obviously me, my 27 year old self, who's I like to think slightly wiser than I was then, <laughs> um, is thinking that's, that's something not right with that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah, I totally, I, I 100% can agree with both of those points that you've made, 100%. Um, but I think the world we're living in now, it isn't pageantry 60 years ago. Mm. Um, it, it has evolved. Um, I still do think that there's probably some elements of it that I don't agree with, like you. Yeah, I mean, I think pageantry does have a bit of a 
bit of a bad name but in my experience I really enjoyed it and it was a really positive experience for me. We have a weird story actually don't we where um, we both ended up on the same TV show. I can't remember it came about that we had both applied for Take Me Out. A few months went by and I think we both had a message saying like you've made it through to Take Me Out season seven or eight. Or eight. Eight. People that they'll go and watch it. <laughs> I mean it's always on bloody TV. I think the whole the whole experience was fascinating you know and it's it really co- was and what goes into it because we were up at like 7.30, we were at the studio for 8.30, we were in and out of hair and makeup and wardrobe all day until filming started at like 5, and then we got back to the hotel at like 10, 11. It's a full-on day, and mm. I was like, wow, there's a lot that goes into this, and that in itself is absolutely fascinating. I think one of the things that people don't realise is that, what is it, an hour programme or something like that with maybe, so there's four guys, isn't there, maybe an advert in between each one, something like that. Uh, but we film for three hours, three hours going yeah. through every single person sort of laughing and saying yeah. something, you know. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to um, to say and for you to back me up is people always say, oh, it's got to be scripted. Yeah, and it's not. It's not. It's not. No, honestly, honestly, these girls, I mean, I'm saying it as if I wasn't one of them. These girls come out with the most ridiculous stuff. And yeah. it is like what I think people don't realise is that these people are hand-picked for either being hilarious or ridiculous, aren't they? Yeah. Really, yeah. they're kind of... Obviously, we were hilarious. Obviously. <laughs> so I think the standout character from our series was... Do you remember Shawnee? Yes. Oh, and, my gosh. And also the girl that clapped her bum. Millie. Millie, yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. Those two were brilliant. And, I mean, they got a lot of airtime because they were, like, br- they were brilliant. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I remember Shawnee saying, uh, you know when it gets down to the final two girls and it's like, which of these girls did blah blah blah? And Paddy said, um, Paddy, we're on first name terms. Um, Paddy said, uh, one of these girls, <laughs> one of these girls tried to do CPR on their hamster. And I was like, I have not come up with anything even half as good as that. So but basically before the show, yeah. they 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 ask you to do you remember this? They ask you to write down 15 yeah. interesting, 15 interesting facts about yourself. So I'm like, you know, really scraping the barrel here, being like, uh, like I used to be in a band, or like, <laughs> or like Honestly, uh, I was yeah. I was actually a ginger when I was born, or something like actually ridiculous, like boring stuff in comparison to I gave CPR to my hamster. I mean, at least you came up with some, because I think mine was like, I don't like celery. And they were like, so shall we say that you're really, really allergic and you basically are going to die if you eat celery? And I was like, no, because that's not true. I just don't like it. But there was nothing interesting about me that they could say. I do remember having sit downs with the producers um, during the day when you were getting your hair and makeup and whatever. And they'd say, right, let's work on these interesting facts. And I'm like... No, really, this is as interesting as it gets. <laughs> really, there's nothing interesting about me. To be fair, when people say is it scripted, it's definitely not. The, the, the only thing, actually, the interesting thing that I think uh, people are always surprised to hear is that none of it is scripted, except for we do get, um, during the day when we're, we're in hair and makeup, we get given a, a handout, like an A4 sheet of paper that has five questions on it. Do you remember this? Yes, I do, yeah. And And it's like, 
if you were a cheese, what would you be and why? <laughs> yeah, so it's the last question that they get asked when they're down to like two girls and the guy. So mm. that question that is asked, we are given that question to kind of think of a funny answer. Exactly. We have we're the whole day given, to think about it. We're given a bit of a heads up. Yeah. So it's not, it's not scripted, but it's kind of... Because otherwise, can you imagine the stuff that would come out of people? Yeah, no, like, no. can you it even imagine? dead TV. It would be so dead. <laughs> um, it really would. But in terms of, like, obviously, when they ask questions when once they come down the lift, that's not scripted at all because they, they ask every single one of those girls the same question. We all have to stand there, wait for yeah. our turn, thinking, what am I going to say? I think, to be fair, Paddy McGuinness kind of dotted around and asked yeah. lots of different you know oh what did you think you, like why did you turn your light off or whatever yeah and you try and say something moderate like not ridiculous yeah and then in the editing process they then go through and uh, I think one thing that people are always like oh well why did they keep how did how did we get an answer from that girl the one that he um he took out and you're yeah. like what what you don't realize is that they filmed maybe 20 of the 30 girls answering each of the questions so of course you're going to see the girl that he's chosen. You're going to see their answers because they can edit it that way. I think the one that I get the most grief for is on one of my episodes, the guy came down to a T-Rex song. And, um, <laughs> I don't know where you're going with it. Oh, the guy said to me, oh, do you like T-Rex? And I went, do I like what? Because I didn't know what he was going on about. Yeah. And then obviously it clicked. Like obviously an hour earlier when he recorded coming <laughs> down the lift, he came down to T-Rex. But my mum loves T-Rex. So you would not know the amount of grief that I get every time comes on the radio. Anise, do you know who this is? Yeah, I do actually. I've been up since 8am getting my hair and makeup fluffed about for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. I mean, I absolutely love that, though, the hair and makeup. Oh, I could have yeah. that every day. I will never look that good again. <laughs> Let's talk about, you're going to give us some some tips and tricks. Lots of people have been talking about lockdown skin. You mentioned it earlier on. Yeah. Um, tell us about that. Why are people experiencing problems with their skin during the lockdown? Yeah, so I've been inundated with uh, messages on my Instagram, um, emails, phone calls from friends, patients, um, saying that their skin has suddenly gone bad during lockdown. And like we discussed earlier when we were talking about acne, there's a lot of different triggers as to why your skin can be can have gone bad, especially during this period. So stress is a huge contributing factor to, to the skin, especially breakouts. Um, hormones is another, another one, but obviously that doesn't really differ too much during lockdown, unless you're obviously menopausal or you're pregnant or it's your period. Um, and then the other things that are contributing factors, diet is a huge contributing factor to your skin. And we're all sat at home, bored, eating more or eating more sugars than we would normally. Also, a lot more people are working out at home you'll then think, oh, well, I'll have a cup of tea and I'll have a bit of breakfast. And the sweat that you probably would have washed off had you been to the gym and then had a shower and then gone about your day has just been sat on your skin. So that's another factor as well. People aren't doing their normal routine. So, 
you know, the, their, the sweat and dirt's just sat on their face. So again, this can also trigger breakouts as well. Um, and alcohol intake, a lot more people are drinking um, and larger quantities of mm. sugar water, which is what we like to call Prosecco. <laughs> um, <laughs> so but also you can't get out. You can't go and have your regular skin treatment. If you're used to that and your skin is used to that and it's been keeping a skin condition at bay then of course it's going to get worse during during lockdown my top tips are make sure you're sticking to a routine so you're cleansing morning and night whether you've left the house or not whether you've worn makeup or not you're using a, a serum in the morning a serum in the evening you're still applying spf in the morning um, you know, I say a minimum of 30, but most patients I say 50 all the way. And one that's especially for your face, because you can't use that same SPF that you've been using in your body on your face. That's that's like a crime. Because also there's so much evidence coming out about now that it's not just the sun that can cause uh, pigmentation and, and skin concerns. The rays from your phone, from your laptop, can also cause skin skin problems so make sure you're still wearing your SPF and and then in the evening make sure obviously you're cleansing again and you're you're you've got a night serum and a moisturizer as well you need a basic routine morning and night and then once you've mastered a basic routine we can make it more complex we can add in retinols we can add in vitamin c we can add in masks we can add in all of these different things yeah i would say make sure that you're sticking to a routine morning and night make sure you're just watching what you eat um another thing with people who suffer with acne i always say avoid toweling and avoid muslin cloths so with acne it's an inflammatory disorder within the pilosebaceous unit which is basically your hair follicle and your sebaceous gland so where your oil is secreted from and there's a buildup of bacteria in that gland so when you're washing your face and then you dry your face with your towel that you've used on your body and you've used on your face for the last three days before you're then applying that bacteria back onto your skin. So I always say blocked dry with a tissue. When you're dealing with acne and you're dealing with skin concerns, dry your face with a tissue and avoid muslin cloths. So using cotton wool pads. No, it's not that environmentally friendly, but look, you know, we can do our best. Just cycle to work for the next week or something. Um, <laughs> so they're kind of a few of my top tips that I like to give out. So Anise, I'm going to say, so going to Harley Street is obviously a luxury that a lot of people can't afford. So how do you take care of your skin on a budget? Now, I know you don't like to scrimp on uh, on your products that you put on your face. And I think that's absolutely, you know, fair enough, each to their own. But if there are people listening that might think, oh, you know, maybe I don't have enough, like, that much money or they've been furloughed or, yeah. you know, they're thinking that they've they've got skin problems they want to sort, but they don't have loads of money to do so. It, this is hard because I get asked this a lot and for me I've obviously got my priorities a little bit differently to some other people because the way I look at it is my skin is the largest organ in my body and when you think about that you think that's mad I definitely need to be looking mm. after that um so I am willing to invest but good products don't have to be expensive and there are some fantastic products on the market that aren't really expensive if you're used to using makeup wipes and you buy a packet of makeup wipes once a month and they're a pound 
yeah. I, I, I can't I cannot I can't cater for someone like that I can't help you <laughs> you really can't you need to invest in your skin okay um and it's, it's about educating people though it is about educating people and if you're if you find a skincare brand that works for you great you know it doesn't matter about how much it costs really but you just want to make sure that they're paraben free um hopefully that they haven't been tested on animals um and low like virtually no alcohol which is very hard to find products that don't have any alcohol in um so I would be looking for those things like I do virtual consultations so I do consultations online via Skype and FaceTime especially during this time to help people with their skin concerns and then I can send the products out to them so yeah I would say go and see a specialist if you can um have a consultation with them see what they would recommend and have a conversation say I've been furloughed I've got no money you know they will try and cater for you I know that I do for my patients I try and be as accommodating to them as possible no matter what their budget is so so these people who are using face wipes and and maybe want to give this routine a bit of a try but maybe don't want to do 10 steps in the morning and 10 steps before before bed what are the most important parts of that of that that routine that you can say if you're going to do some of it this is what you should do yeah I mean for me uh, a good cleanser is really important and a gentle cleanser as well because it doesn't need to be harsh my favorite cleanser is it's called an expo cleanse so it does exfoliate the skin as well but it's not got beads. It's not gritty because we've gone gone are those days where we need to be using those kind of exfoliators. We are using acids now to exfoliate the skin. Um, SPF is essential for everyone, absolutely mm. everyone, even more so if you live in a hot climate or you're working outside or you're in front of a laptop or your phone all the time, which I think that applies to probably now 90% of us. Mm. Um, so yeah, SPF. 30 but if you are if it is sunny 50 or if you do suffer with pigmentation or you do suffer with rosacea 50 100% and then it depends on the skin concerns because I could sit here and I could recommend loads of different products but Mm. it depends on what you're treating and uh, vitamin c is a brilliant product that everyone would benefit from using that in the morning that's really good anti-pollution um protects the skin barrier as well that's a really good product to be using in the morning i do love a retinol in the evening but again it's subject to the skin condition and the skin concern that the person's got so when you say using vitamin c what do you mean by that is it in a cream is do you take it as a supplement and so vitamin c if you're taking it as a supplement orally and you're eating it, fantastic, brilliant. So it's working from the inside out. But topically, we can get products to apply to the skin, serums, um, depending on the concentration of the vitamin C. Um, you can get serums, creams, uh, moisturizers with the vitamin C in, which are really good for the skin as well to be using in the morning. What would your advice be to people who might be interested in what you do and fancy it themselves or have always, you know, wanted to get into that industry? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think I've been asked that before. Um, (laughs) Well, my background's beauty therapy. So that's what I did. That's what I studied. Um, And I've been in the beauty industry now for 10 years. And skin is something that I've always been passionate about, mainly because I think I suffered with my skin when I was younger. Um, so I would say anyone who's got um, anatomy and physiology 
of the skin as like a baseline, which you can do anatomy and physiology courses, or if you're a nurse or a medic or you've done beauty therapy or you've got some insight into skin, that's a great place to start. And it's just a case of you're as good as what you learn. You're as good as what you put into it. And I think it's just a case if you're passionate about it, then read up, study, get some qualifications and um, yeah, get, get started. So what would you say is the worst thing about being a woman? Oh, wow. Something I quite find quite hard to digest is the fact that if a woman wants to go out and have fun and have multiple partners and enjoy herself, if that's what she wants to do, then she's labelled for doing so. Whereas a guy... He goes out and he has multiple partners, you know, one every single night. He's almost looked upon as like it's it's a good thing, you know. Well done, that's a legend. Yeah, Yeah, well done for well done you for doing that. I mean, for me, I'm quite a sexual person. I'm very open about it. So that for me is probably something that I would say, being a woman, I find that quite hard to deal with. So what is the best thing about being a woman? This is the one you've been waiting for. Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) I love being a woman. And especially in this day and age, you know, I think we've got a lot of women in the past to thank for the position that we are in in this day and age. I think our, our bodies are amazing we're amazing creatures like we we grow a human inside ourselves and then give birth to it and then mother that and you know not saying that that's all being a woman is but that just shows you how complex and amazing our bodies are during the pandemic how are you staying positive what are you doing to um, keep yourself feeling upbeat and happy I I have been doing loads of stuff that I probably would never have had the time to have done before. So um, I'm quite a positive person anyway, and I'm blessed in that respect. Um, I'm always like glasses half full, not half empty. So I've really taken this time to better myself in my career. I've been doing a lot of, like I mentioned earlier, webinars, and I've also been doing loads of gardening. I've been outside loads in the sun. I've been like transforming my garden, which has been amazing with the help of um, some of my family, but it's been so fun. Um, Cooking, I I love cooking. I really I've found a definite passion for that during this time and I cook for my family like every evening and I I absolutely love it I've always loved baking but I feel like I've had more time to do that during this time but yeah just spending time with family really I feel for people who haven't got this family unit to be in lockdown with um I have a lot of friends especially live in London in apartments on their own and I do feel for them I think that must be really hard to stay positive you know we've all had to make sacrifices during this time but I actually think that we're going to come out it's out of it stronger and better but just cling on to that hope that when we do get out it's going to be so special it's going to be so it's going to be so worth it as well just seeing everyone and hugging everyone and just I know it's hard and we all have down days and I have had days where I thought oh I'm kind of done with this now but you know just hold on to the fact it's not forever and there is light at the end of the tunnel thank you for listening and thanks to our guest Anise Ling Kira Cohen Ennis produced this episode and our music is by Easy Feel 
Next time on LadyPod, I meet sex and relationships expert Layla to find out if she thinks the pandemic will change the way we date forever. Until then, have a great week. Mm.